I was listening to our newest episode because I'm a narcissist and I was listening to the intro and I was like, we really did that. <laughs> like we really found this song that like made us want to hurl and we were like, this is it. Yeah. The, like the journey to finding that song, going on a royalty free music website, typing mm-hmm. in, I think women. Yeah. And just like, scrolling through and finding, I think it's like literally, oh, it's literally titled women exist and we listened to it. Yeah. And it was like could not be better. Yeah, it felt like the fucking clouds opened up and was like, ah. same with the ending, the daddy. Won't you tell me why you're leaving? Hi, Carly. Hi, Katie. How are you doing on this fine Sunday morning? I'm hung over. Yeah, you are hung over. But it was okay. I mostly just feel like brain foggy. Like, I can feel there's a slight glaze over everything, Yeah, it's all good. I got my water next to me, just drank coffee. Yep, got some coffee in us this yeah. morning, as we do. Yeah, went out last night and then did something that I need to start making, like, a beautiful time honor tradition, where after the club, we all go get food at, like, a 24-hour diner. That probably saved you. Yeah, no. I think I would be more hungover, for sure. Yeah. I think I, I didn't really realize how much I was drinking, because it didn't feel like... You're in the moment, and you're like, wee. But it was good. And I feel like my body's tired because I was dancing really nice and hard. Oh, I love that. I love while you were doing that, I was at home playing video games. It's, it really is our... It's what we will need it. Yeah. I was <laughs> like, I could go out. Or I could be a little amoeba. And how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great and sexy and excited. I have... A new writing gig. Yeah! Which is, like, the first time I've ever been paid for my writing. Yeah, baby. Um, and it's something that is just, like, right up my alley. It combines, like, writing, which I love, and also video games, which, if you know me, I'm a gamer girl. So it's, like, just uh, very palpable, very, like, inspiring uh, and exciting. Because we bo- we're both writers, and we know what it's like to have free time to write and then yeah. the difference between someone like expecting you to write something like it kind of forces you to yeah well just like getting direction getting somebody to be like you know i can write on my own and just be like this is all dribble and is really not heading nowhere but yeah. as soon as somebody gives you a purpose then suddenly you're like flooded with inspiration yeah definitely and also like a timeline like i think we both really hated and also loved that in school we got prompts yeah. and we like had to fulfill it because it you know Deadlines are important. Yeah. And, yeah. and and I feel like you probably relate to this. Sometimes I write something and I'm like, I want it to be good. But like when there's a timeline, you like can't yeah, overthink. Yeah. Because that's the thing about artists, right? Like they'll just marinate in an unfinished piece for years and years and years and their perfectionism will keep them from showing, showing it to people yeah. or like just putting it out there and calling it done because it's never really done. Mm-hmm. But, like, you can't have your writer brain and your editor brain at the same time. Exactly. So, like, I'm really excited to just, like, write and be like, I just took a big shit on this page. I hope you like my shit. Yeah. Um, I do. I do like your shit. I know. And it's just, like, uh, and it's going to be, like, really fun and fantasy and, like, young kids. And I'm just, like, I don't know. I I ingested so much, like, tween media when I was a kid. And I just, the fact that I could, like give that to another tween is like so cool yeah to have a little voice in that ah, yeah it's just yeah i'm very, very excited i also uh like many of us do i've been spending way too much time on social media for um and i find myself getting into a, a spiral of constantly n- never ending scroll of doom yeah well i mean i think that that's that's pretty common i yeah. think that a lot of girls be scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and we would know because we are just, just like, like other girls, girls but we're not, not like, like other podcasts um, let's talk social media the thing dominating our lives our phones every aspect of anything we consume anymore and it's like what we've we have gone back and forth in this this category like we've talked about social media from different angles 
different perspectives and through different lenses over and over and over again. So like, what is new to bring to this conversation? Incidentally, it's the same shit because things just keep repeating themselves. We History, talked, baby. Yeah, like we grew up in 2014 Tumblr era, you know, gave us all the gifts of being artistic and free and expressive. And it was like the one social media where you didn't have people you know. Looking at it? Yeah. yeah. You were like, you know, at least the way that I was using it. And I think the way you Same. were using it too. Yeah. I think I had like one person. Yeah. Who knew my like real Tumblr account? Yeah, and um, it was mostly just like a video and photo journal. Yeah, definitely. But also, it was like a cesspool for, you know, dark inner thoughts, and yeah. also like definitely was very pro Anna. Like that was such a big, 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 big Force. thing that we yeah yeah was felt very present. Yeah. No, I, uh, it's weird looking back because I feel like a lot of the images or things I read or followed, I, I would, don't think I ever was like, oh, this is like pro eating disorder, like propaganda I'm currently consuming. I yeah. was just like, oh, this is an aesthetic I like, or like the darkness of like how I feel sometimes. Yeah. I'm like, it's pale grunge. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> baby, you want to talk about pale grunge, bitch? That was my shit. Yeah. No, I literally, I had like something in my like tween teen bedroom that were all these pictures from Tumblr that I printed out and they were all sort of like a blue gray ish. Uh-huh, and uh-huh. it was like, I emaciated hand with a cigarette and Shut like, your mouth hole. you know, like two people kissing and there's you know like dead flowers uh-huh, and it's just uh-huh. like very that very like tate from american Horror yeah Story. and my mom was like what is what is this yeah my friend my friend tatiana at the time who was like the only person that followed me on tumblr uh was like you you reblog so many disgusting hands because <laughs> she, she just like did not vibe with like the white veiny yeah. hand aesthetic of pale grunge and also like the romanticization of bruises. Yeah. Like, I don't remember, like, if you, how much thin women, white women who had, like, bruises on their knees and, like, they're, like, sitting in, like, a little black skirt and you just, like, see their knees and they're, like, oh, my God, this is, like, I wish I looked like that. Again, Which is, it's, like, it's, like, huh? romanticizing and fetishizing the sick white girl mentality. Like, something about being beautiful and damaged that was just, like, constantly fed. Yeah. And it you know, I feel like it was more of, like, a filmic sort of lens in Tumblr, but that's still so much of a thing. Yeah. Like, we were just talking earlier today about, you know, I follow a couple girls on Twitter who... It's funny, like, I'm not an academic, like, I don't know very much about literature, (laughs) but, like, have always really enjoyed, like, um, literary criticism and discourse, and so there are a couple people on Twitter that I follow who are, like grad students or, like, you know, girls on the East Coast that are, like, literary buffs or, like, they're, like, very academia core. But it's very much still that same aesthetic where it's, like, old money, tiny girls in oversized sweaters, and they're, like, posting their morning thing, and it's, like, a tiny little cup of coffee, and they're, like... Their sweaters are too big. And I'm, like, we're going to study them. Anyway, it's just, like, such a a prepackaged aesthetic that I still find myself bumping shoulders with. Definitely. And now I have the clarity to be, like, oh, okay, there is a little bit of... This is still a little problematic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I remember, like, the switch I made... Probably recently, I don't even know, like maybe this year or like a couple months ago, where I actively was unfollowing accounts that would inspire old thoughts or habits mm-hmm. of like romanticizing the white mentally ill woman, yes, um, thin white woman, and started like actively following accounts that were sharing. I mean, my whole Instagram now is I'm just following like tattoo artists or collage people or poets. Mm. Um, I'm also like, I, I try to go out of my way to like find like bodies that I relate to. Yeah. And also like bodies that weren't the same skin tone as me because again, the fe- the media we grew up on is just the same archetype. Yeah. And like I was taught like that's it. Like that is what you're supposed to be that is what you're supposed to want to be like that is what it's a beauty standard art is yeah. yeah and you're like oh okay but like actively going out of my way to find people who are breaking that mold constantly every day 
Just by posting a fucking picture of their body. Yeah. Diversifying the feed is very important yeah. in, like, clarifying. I feel like... Every social media is different, right? But, like, social media in its current state as it is and how I've seen it used and how I've used it, so toxic, so evil, just the worst. And I feel like there have been times where I want to completely cut it out of my life. And, you know, I know people who don't have any social media presence. And I I so admire that. But I also, at the same time, feel like I can't detach from it because one of the underlying fears, like... If nobody knows what I'm doing, nobody's going to care about me. and Missing nobody, out on things. Yeah, like, I'm not going to... I mean, some of it is less ego-based and truly just, like, I'm going to miss the sense of community or, like, I'm not going to know when so-and-so has a show. I'm not going to be able to, like, check in on what my artistic friends are doing. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to have an inside look into these people's lives the way that I care about. But at the same time, the, like, constant internal dialogue that's like, you should get rid of social media, you know that it's bad for you. But also don't leave yeah because if you leave like you're not going to exist in the same way exactly you're gone you're invisible no i i i mean i definitely feel that a lot i I don't know if i've talked about this with carly a lot but i don't know if we ever mentioned in the pod every couple months i do a thing where i just wipe my instagram like i archive all my old photos and i i think i do it because I realized that people started seeing me as my Instagram or like I was developing like mm. a brand or some sort of like entity that was me, but like it didn't feel authentically currently myself. Mm. Like I, I've gotten so many people being like, oh my God, I, you're peachy Catherine. Like I love your Instagram or like, oh my God, you, you're so inspiring. Like I want to post like you or like. You know, things were... They're very nice. Like, I enjoy those. But also being, like, weird. Like, you're perceiving me through, like, ten pictures of me. And then me looking at the pictures and being, like, I don't even know if I feel like that anymore. Mm. I don't even know if I am that anymore. Mm. Uh, And there's something just about... I think the fake agency of being, like, a clean slate. Yeah. You don't know me. That part of me is gone. Yeah. And I also think, like... When big shifts happen either in my life or in the world, I feel more compelled to start over on social media because I, I feel like I've been working on myself and I've been healing and I've been yeah growing or, you know, there's a huge political shift or something that's so, like, unsettling to me that all I can think about or care about is this current climate that we are in. Mm-hmm. And I don't give a fuck about a picture I took of my ass seven months ago. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't feel relevant. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Well, which is also... It's interesting because we've seen so many platforms, Instagram included, like, jump onto the story feature or jump onto something where it's, like, you can post something and people usually see stories, like, more than they see your Post. feeds. Yeah, definitely. Right? So it's more of an immediate contact, and it's also gone in 24 hours. So you get that faster turnover rate without having to go in and delete it. Mm-hmm. You know, every day you get to start fresh and be like, this is, you know, the most immediate take on my life. And I think that's why I love a story. Yeah. Because I'm like, this is me right now. This feels authentic currently to this 24-hour me. And yeah. then, bloop. And then it's gone. Yeah. I don't know, like, the whole, like, uh, Roe versus Wade uh, thing has just been something that's been really on my mind constantly every day since reading about it, and I don't know, it just, it feels so much bigger than anything I could even want to post right now, which, you know, not everyone has to feel like I feel. That's also what I'm saying. Like, I'm not being like... (sighs) I'm holier than thou because I don't post a picture of my dog because I don't give a fuck what you post. It's just, for me, I, I, all right now I care about is, like, the idea that there are people trying to steal the agency of human bodies. Like, it's just been, yeah, just, like, mentally, like, in my brain, and that's, like, all I can think about. So right now, like, 
I don't know if anyone, <laughs> if you check my fucking Instagram feed every day, cause you love me. I don't know if you've looked at my profile, but right now I only have a collage I made about the Roe versus Wade thing. And then also I have a post of Bo Burnham. I, it's, I always keep this one picture. It's like, I'm posted it in like 2015, but it's just like a screen cap of Bo Burnham at the end of one of his specials. And it just says, I hope you're happy. Uh, and there's something about that that always feels like true authentic mm. to me. And, like, the fact that I posted that, even though, like, 2015, like, what, seven years ago? I just am, like, that is still me. Like, that is... Yeah. That is... That is Katie. Yeah. Um, cool yeah. touchstone. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot that could be said about the Roe v. Wade thing, and it's... Deeply unsettling, to say least and it also just shows like you know social media when there's a big upturn uh you can't avoid it anymore if you go on social media you're gonna see someone boasting about it yeah oh actually this is something i did want to talk about um we'd kind of talked about in a previous episode like summer 2020 like blm yeah uh kind of taking a detached view of, like, that as in just through a social media lens, like, the infographics, the, like, rise, and the, like, again, leftist infighting of being, like, you're not doing enough, you're doing a performative thing, like, you need to donate or you need to do these specific things, do donate to this, don't donate to that. Mm -hmm. Like, just very... It just became a very big thing. Um, And then, like I said, like, it gets eventually... people are like okay but you know this is how do you how do you deal with burnout like as an ally or like as somebody who's you know which to me is just such a crazy concept anyways the point i'm making is like anyone who knows me like autonomy over your own body is something that's very important to me especially like people who identify as women and who feel like their femininity and their sexuality are taxed or trapped or you know out of their own hands so that's like it shouldn't be confusing or it shouldn't be uh uh surprising to anybody to know what my reaction to that would be anyways the point i'm trying to make is i had this feeling where you know this draft gets leaked and it's everywhere and you see everybody reacting to it and it's outrage and it's again the same thing like infographics and like political art and all sorts of stuff and uh i had the this double impulse where i was like all right time to like share my shit start sharing my infographs yeah i was like try to let's find the ones that i like and let's Mm -hmm. dole them out Mm -hmm. and uh it's not like I, I actively chose to resist that impulse, but there was a stronger impulse that was like, I don't need to do that. Like, huh. I just don't need to to weigh in on that. And I don't know where that came from. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's not as big of a thing as I'm making it seem in this moment, but just there was something about... And this is the thing about the internet that is... Uh, something that exhausts me is it's like it's as if you something happens on you know a world scale or like a national scale and you go outside your door and everybody is screaming in the streets like it's just it's a lot chaos like it just everybody has the same to a degree feeling about it at least like you know who you've our liberal bubble that we yeah. like live and also like see, you know. So yeah. I've been trying to ingest like very intentional media about it. Um, the Daily did an interesting thing where they're like talking to pro uh, pro life advocates like in the South and like what their plans are and like what their reactions to this are, and then they also do. Um, pro-choice advocates and just kind of like weighing the sides but uh yeah do you get what i'm saying like oh yeah just there's something about the phenomenon of everybody 
and it's really just like this is what the internet is, right? It's a public forum, so everybody something happens, everybody waits. It's in any on event. It. It's the Met Gala. It's the fucking it's, Oscar slap of Will exactly. Smith. Exactly. It's, it's a lot. It's overwhelming. Exactly. And like, and it feels like, do I want to be another voice that shouts into the empty void? Well, yeah, which like you have it right to, um, but at the same time, like t- for me in that moment, I was just like, I don't need to be ingesting all of this. And of course, there is again that one part of me that's like. If you don't post this, people are going to be like, Carly's fake ally, like, Carly's fake feminist, she doesn't X, Y, and Z, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just feeling like, oh, does this make me a bad person because I'm not contributing to this no. this thing? Um, but it's just exhausting. Yeah, for sure. I definitely agree with that. I think it's, uh, you should only be, like, posting and sharing things if you actively feel like you want to. Like, I don't think you need to, like, perform the, the view of the women you think people want you to be. You know what I mean? Like, I... I when I found out about this stuff, uh, this stuff, when I found out about Roe vs. Wade, um, I actively made a choice, I don't know if it was, like, subconsciously, where I was like, I don't want to share the infographs, I don't want to share blah blah blah. You know, I was actively sharing art of either, like, photos I'd taken throughout my life that was feminist, uh... I was gonna say feminist propaganda. <laughs> feminist propaganda. But, like, you know, uh, feminist art pieces that I had seen in, like, museums or things that uh, inspire my work um, because that felt more true to how I was feeling then, having to share an infograph about abortions or donations or... And not that you can't do that. I just think my view on social media now is, like, I'm going to post and produce something for me. Like, kind of like how we make our art for ourselves. Yeah. And also, I'm thinking that way about other people's posts. Like, I don't I don't care if you don't post an infograph. I don't care if you do. Like, do what makes you yeah. feel the most yourself because like that's i mean we've spent so much time performing for social media like it's so boring it's so it's so so oversaturated so like fucking inauthentic and phony and baloney and it's like yeah so i definitely 100 percent agree with what you're saying and i think that's the best thing to do is like fucking trust your gut because you know what you want you don't have to perform for anyone because it should be for you. Yeah. And I feel, you know. Yeah, I know. Very grounded in that. <laughs> I know you do. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. it just makes so much sense to me. And, you know, I've been posting a lot of my collages I've been making just feeling towards the whole row versus weight thing, which is something I, I share my collages all the time. They're just now grounded in a current climate of this time. Yeah. Uh, and. Yeah, it is wild. It is, and I think a lot about the the Black Lives Matter movement, and thinking about like all the shit I shared and like how performative it felt, mm. and how everything felt so performative. It felt like the, the 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 thing, the heart of it, just fucking got so far out of it that we were performing for other white allies. Yeah, and I mentioned this in, like, oh, what was it? The In and Out, like, for 2022 episode, but, like, I don't know. I'm so uninterested in participating in that. It's so unhelpful. <laughs> like, do you need another white woman saying something? I don't know. It, us has a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> It just cuts audio fucking cuts. <laughs> you never hear from us again. At least with this, though, like, people are actively choosing to engage. Listen to two white women. And again, if we're doing this for us, really. It's like that, the end of the day. That's what I mean. Like, we are producing something for us. And I love that people relate to it and, like, find comfort in it or. Yeah, yeah. Home in it. But it's like. I'm not ashamed of anything we put out there because I'm building a home for me and Carly. And if you want to come sit and drink with us, please do. Exactly. Exactly. But this is our home. And like, I think we should just start viewing social media like that. Like, mm. like I don't 
I don't, I don't care what people from high school think of me anymore. Why should I care? I don't care what my great grandparents think of me. This is not for you. You don't like it. You block me. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Is like, uh, oh, I'm gonna pop back to the previous point for half a second, which pop is just it back, like, just the fucking like again the reformed aspect of allyship and also like how much of that is being done for other white people because you're I- trying to be, you know, you're trying to absolve yourself of guilt by telling somebody else that they're doing allyship wrong or like you know X Y and Z X Y and Z. Um, but yeah, I'm really just, I, I'm so uninterested in participating in that. And also this, I feel this way, like when I go on Twitter and there's just like so many like pointed tweets about like nitpicking anything that's happening from any point of all view time. about all events. And it's really like, we have just been given, like I said, this public forum where you can go on and have a take at all times on anything. And, you know... It's also incentized, incentivized, I don't know, comment below. Uh, It's given people the incentive to want to have takes on stuff because, you know, you get clicks and engagements and likes and whatever. But, like, people go out of their way to say inflammatory shit. And to me, it's just so boring, especially when so much of that falls on a binary. Like, so much of it is... um, I mean, we were just talking about the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp trial. Yeah, which is, yeah. Which, you know, again, talk about a binary. Like, people are either, like, this whole thing is fucked up and, like, she's a psychopath and he's blameless. And I honestly don't know that much about the trial, so I can't really speak on it. But also the fact that it's turned into more than just a media circus, which I feel like is an almost outdated term now, but it's become an internet sensation yeah i mean like, people are, like eating popcorn Ugh, me wants to eat popcorn immediately <laughs> pauses pop pop ice <laughs> popcorn popcorn break uh but yeah like the the culture like celebrity culture especially again on social media um the reason the met gala was happening as we're, like, <laughs> we're getting the roe v wade it was so week. funny i was on tiktok and people were like Look at Kylie Jenner's fucking baseball cap. And the next one was like, they're taking our uteruses. Ta-. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, just like that's And that's the, again, this is the art that we're trying to make is like to put together these, like to contrast these opposing things that are happening in real time on top of one another. It's the absurdity of the world we're living so in. fucking crazy. Because dude. it's like, you can scroll through your feed and be like, oh my God, okay, dead dolphin on a beach or like, you know, children in cages at the border and then, oh, cute cat video, yeah. sweet, and like somebody's mom. And uh-huh. then it's just like back to back to back. It's just absolutely insane. It's never ending, too. That's what I mean. The scroll. You, yeah. You're just ingesting everything you're fucking seeing all the fucking time. Yeah. And you don't get choice. That's, again, to me, feels like the only way to survive and have a healthy relationship to the internet, for me, is, like, to be intentional. And I feel like I've gotten... I've probably been slacking on it lately because <laughs> I find myself scrolling, like, before bed mm-hmm. or after, mm-hmm. like, waking up. Mm-hmm. And I, it really does take me outside of the real world and like numb me of course um yeah. anyways but just it's 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 that salty fucking food dude like it's just like invites you to keep fucking yeah. munching you have one fry you're like i need several fries yeah and then i need several met gala review videos and i need several crying videos of people scared that their bodies are exactly <laughs> like it's yeah. And I was telling Carly the other day, or last night, legitimately last night, I was feeling good. I was like, yeah, woohoo, I'm watching, like, funny little TikToks, because most of my feed is, like, absurdist humor that I think if anyone were to see would be like, this isn't funny, but to me, it's really funny. <laughs> um, and then also, I'm, like, I'm getting this, like, weird ED video where this girl's like, come, like, eat a day when you have an eating disorder. And I'm like, no, thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> I do not need that. And then I scroll, I scroll, and then it's, like, just more eating disorder videos. And I was like, what happened? What's going on? And then I told Carly, all of a sudden I was on, like, this weird, like, it was, like, a slideshow of a meme of, like, someone looking in the mirror and being, like, I want to be pretty. And then their face is, like, fucking melting off. And I, like, closed the app. And I was like, what the fuck? They're, they're, they just, they're feeding on your deepest fears because they know you're going to keep scrolling. They want you to spiral. Exactly. 
And I was like, I'm not a spiral queen anymore. I closed that app and I said, meditation. Yeah, I don't give my fucking power away to the industry and the culture and the entire, you know, all of the companies that are trying to profit off of my self-hatred. Like, it's just... Doesn't serve me. It truly does not. Serves the fucking big old overlord, Mark Zuckerberg. I'm just, yeah, it's... Oh, I mean, again, I'm trying, I'm trying so actively to not project visions of horror onto the future and where technology will take us. It's scary. I, I, I have to try to... We watched that metaverse video with Mark Zuckerberg where he's like, this is the future and you're going to have business meetings with your avatar and you're also going to be able to go into your house and wear your thingy and it's like... Oh, we're just gonna have a baby and just strap the goggles on, dude. Yeah. Uterus newborn in there. I, again, I, it's, science fiction writers are gonna have a heyday for the next however long, which, <laughs> which they already are, but, like, truly just the idea of, uh, the world crumbling and breaking down and rotting away and being on fire and climate change coming into mm-hmm. impend. But then. it also gets to a point where it's like, you know, Black Mirror is really fun, like, 10 years ago or whatever came out but like nowadays like do i want to watch black mirror because like i'm living black mirror yeah i don't it hurts my feelings it's it sucks no that fucking um nervous breakdown episode where (sighs) is the rating one yeah i'm trying to think of the actor's name doesn't matter but no i'm gonna be stuck on it she's got three names and one of them is a man's name um anyways yeah just already feels so tangible already feels like real life Mm -hmm. um but again, trying to be optimistic about the future, trying to think about all the, you know, ways that we can rope, battle it. Yeah, rope tech either to enable it to be a healthy, exciting, you know, cool thing that could save people or like make new jobs or you know what I mean. Yeah, and like of course I'm always very art centric. I mean we're both this way. Like when envisioning, like okay, where's this moment currently where is it going? I always am thinking about like, what's going to happen to the theater. It's been an ancient art form. It's been around forever. So it's, it's hard to imagine that it's just going to disappear, but it's also like, it's evolving constantly. Yeah. Especially because of the pandemic. We talk about this all the time. Yeah. TV and film have taken root from theater and mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. you know, theater itself, it's taking on new mediums. Like people are doing live streams and people are doing like, live caption on stage with an audience while they're, you know, it's more experiential because we have so much more stimuli now. So it's almost like the bar is raised. Um, Which is also kind of exciting with theater because, I mean, one thing that people complain about me as well is how, uh, you know, how unattainable some plays and, and musicals are, whether it's money or location or all of that. It's like, in the future it could be like super easy to ingest like new art or old art and mm. like you don't have to pay your, t- your rent to go fucking see a play anymore. oh gotcha gotcha yeah. yeah so you're talking about like accessibility ways yeah 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 i think yeah. i think there is a lot of i mean that was one thing about the pandemic right it was like people were shoving art down your throat because they were so desperately needing people to ingest their art yeah but you know it's i don't know it's weird it's i understand it because it's capitalism right and like scarcity is always going to be a thing but there were major theaters across the country who either like had ticket sales once theaters were open and they were also releasing live streams for you know digital copy or digital purchase and still even those were like really expensive and i'm like if you're offering these streams for purchase like anywhere over 20 dollars that's insane yeah you have to tell them how many people you're going to sell tickets to or, like, how how big your audience is so that they're able to, you know, negotiate a price, a price for, for the rights. Mm-hmm. So, on one hand, I understand that there is a logistic reason for needing to cap seats, even though you're not selling actual seats, you're just selling, like, views to mm-hmm. this digital event. But that's the whole thing. It's If you're trying to make theater more accessible, which is a real opportunity during this pandemic, and you have something that is online and lots of people can watch it, past capacity of a normal theater why wouldn't you take that opportunity you know um but that's another thing for new works like another another reason to advocate for new works is you can be working with a playwright you can give a playwright a cut of the profits that you're making and you Mm -hmm. can also like make that a very expansive which is like i mean uh, 
me and you, like, if anyone wants to look at our art, it's, like, big boner. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's, like, we're just excited that people care enough to, like, view our films on our plays, on our podcasts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I do think that's another good thing about social media is, like, we can push our shit out there. Yeah, that's true. And I keep, oh, I keep going back and forth in my head about this, about me and Carly making a TikTok for this podcast because... I know the algorithm queen, and I know we could get people to listen to us, which is, like, really exciting, but also, like, I think something that we like about this podcast is that you don't see us, mm. and then we're going to have to, like... There's going to be a physical entity. It's a whole thing, you know, we're going to, like, have to do a, a brand, and, like... Which, I mean, we have an Instagram for it, so... True. It just... I feel like video feels so much different than... Yeah, yeah editing and we'll have to like really harp on the fact that we're best friends and like best friends and it's like i gotta pretend i like carly again and it's just (laughs) really i don't know i i think it could be a great platform for us to use um Mm. i also think it could be a vicious fucking i currently don't have tiktok on my phone i think you should stick with that no i want to i want to for sure but you know i wouldn't be opposed to it i just wouldn't have a huge hand in wanting to curate it but that's another thing is i don't want to be like katie's in charge of that <laughs> yeah i am yeah. a social media wizard that's true wizard I and i do like making edits and like it feels like a collage when i make our pictures and stuff yeah um but yeah so i, I feel like it would be a, an asset but i do get what you mean and also this is what part of what i like about it is the intimacy both of how we record it and also how it's consumed yeah like I love it that it feels like a little chat with the girlies. Yeah. And I also know that, you know, more listens means more people's opinions on our opinions. And then it's like, da na 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 Like, just a vi- again, a vicious cycle of a never-ending rapport. Yeah. I mean, we can get away with a lot more when we're just at this level. Because, one, I mean, nobody's trying to dictate our audio quality or giving us... Notes. Yeah. I mean, I... with some exceptions. <laughs> I mean, men always want to give notes. Yeah. Whether... But... They ask or not. True. And I mean, again, appreciate always, but I didn't ask you. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it might not be a bad thing to elevate things and want to expand outwards, which we've always talked about wanting to do, and on some levels we have, but I don't know. I also don't hate this just being our little our little corner. Yeah. No, I, I definitely definitely hear that it also i mean me and carly were talking about this this morning it would a lot of the things we talk about are like loaded or personal or material that could be hard to handle and then it goes back to like you know if we do this is every episode gonna have to have us in the beginning going trigger warning our lice Trigger warning. Human Human condition. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, And me and Carly were talking about, like, the, the, like, the, the idea of trigger warnings kind of becoming a norm and how much it's pushed. And, like, we are artists and we make things from our pain and our suffering and from, like, women's suffering. And, like, they aren't fun sometimes. Because, like, sometimes living isn't fun. Yeah. And we, I mean, we went to, uh, like, liberal arts conservatory art school, where, at least in our theater department, it was very, very harped on that, like, trigger warnings were very essential. And they are, it's funny, because it's like, I don't know if they were so much in the first year or two that we were there. The time you needed it the most, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. I remember them being like, you have a scene where you have to simulate rape. Go figure it out. <laughs> Two and then we're like, and come back. Uh, I'm not okay. I don't know how to do that. Um, but yeah, so on one hand, I kind of had this this experience early on when I was in high school. I went to uh, CISA, which is the California State Summer School for the Arts at CalArts, and there was this guy who was reading. Uh, He's in, like, a, a big theater, and he's reading a book of poetry that he had published. He was, like, a professor at CalArts. And some of the poems mentioned rape or, like, depicted sexual assault. And there was a huge wave of backlash. The first time I had ever really experienced it from, like, 
people in the audience walked out, like young younger women, like students in high school, and people being like, he should have provided a trigger warning, whatever. And it kind of opened up this discussion that I think has kind of carried on throughout my time in college and now post-grad, which is like, if the point of art is to be personal, mm-hmm. that stupid fucking quote where it's like, art should comfort the disturbed and disturb the comfortable Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. that that idea you know are trigger warnings necessary like are you responsible for the way that your art is perceived by others are you responsible for other people's reactions yeah and you know on one hand i get it i want i i am would like to think i'm empathetic and want to be able to take care of an audience i want to be able to provide them with the opportunity and just like an articulated permission to step away from the piece because that's the thing too sometimes people are like watching a piece of art or they're engaging with it and they're like there's a performer here i can't just get up and leave that's rude yeah but at the same time i don't think that we are responsible for the way that our art is received Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm I think, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. I also feel like this is such, like, a nuance, nuance conversation. And I also feel like big thing is, like, context, mm. like, black and white. Like, because I think, for me, if I were to watch or see a show that uh, was, like, a man, like, a, a man depicting, like, violent rape against a woman Mm -hmm. I think that would make me feel different than if I were to see art from a woman who maybe I don't know she doesn't have to to experience it but it's just a different point of view and it would it would make me feel I mean safer honestly yeah Uh, and I think that's why context is so important like I if I were to ingest a a media that didn't pick that and there was no warning and a man wrote it it would make me feel differently about it absolutely which like yeah i so i i i think that's why like with our art um i mean (laughs) a great a great thing i I told kyle this morning it's like punching up and punching down Mm. like when men make art they're punching down uh no offense uh (laughs) uh i mean if they're tackling subjects that i mean if they're depicting rape if they're using like sexual assault as a a plot device yeah that's or like some characters like whatever main struggle in life you know that's going down but like if you're someone who has experienced it or even like you know someone who knows when you're a woman you you know people you you experience it's 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 different and it's also it's constantly a reality that you could happen yeah so it just feels different it feels like the stakes are different um but yeah i i i definitely agree with you because you know me and carly made a film recently a couple months ago and the whole the whole plot is triggering yeah it's like there's no explicit mention of sexual abuse like in the script or but it's there like it's an underlining it's the entirety of it is about like trauma but then it's like how do I trigger warning everything? Like I, <laughs> again, trigger warning the human condition. You know, it's not like we're. It's not like I'm pitching a show where I'm like, this is a kid friendly show, and then all of a sudden I have like violent assault in it, or like you know. Yeah. I'm not like happy tree friend. Yeah, I feel like, and even that, even, okay, it's completely different. Happy <laughs> like, everything's different. Um, but yeah, it's, it is. A, it is a great. Not great. It's a, it's a hot debate. It's a hot topic. I think our point of views are maybe a little bit more spicier than some of our friends. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I am of the opinion that everybody is entitled to a freedom of expression. Mm-hmm. So you have the right, like, as a man, you have the right to write sexual assault as a plot device into your work. And you also have a right to have to then deal with all with the, the ramifications who, of that. Yeah, yeah, with all of the fucking women who come for you. Yeah. And same thing, like, again, the people who are upset when they don't get a trigger warning or when, you know, quite literally are triggered, that's 
they have a right to that expression, but for sure. you as the artist, and I also think this is about like stealing yourself against it, and the internet is both great and horrible at providing people with that skill, but like you ha- are entitled to your expression, and you're not responsible for their reaction, just like us in life are not responsible for other people's emotions, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at the same time, wanting to deal with things delicately and empathetically and it's kindly. very important yeah but like you know if you're gonna deal with difficult subjects because that's what it is to make art sometimes and again i i was talking about this with a friend and he was like i feel like it's a very privileged take to be in this first world country <laughs> and to decide what you do and do not want to see like and you you can't you know some people just don't have that option they're living with in, these in the you're living with rape and with violence and with constant death and, you know, peril on the day-to-day. They don't have an option to get a trigger warning. So, you know, our toe and, like, all the fucking extremists from the last century would love to force people to be in a room with the worst of it mm-hmm. just to, to provide them with that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm, I, I think a lot about, like, I want to make a lot of, like... Not a lot, but I, I'm I'm since me and Carly both have uh, eating disorders. I mean, I feel like I've written a lot of stuff about it, or I've had you know uh, um, images I want to create on stage, and I constantly feel an inner battle where I'm like scared to make things because I don't want to hurt someone but also I go back to our main thing where it's like I'm making art for me yeah but I, I do also I do as a, as as an artist I have like my own standards of like I don't want to you know enact certain things like I I don't think that's what I, I what I want to make like I'm not gonna hit the nail on the head not generally trauma porn yeah 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 no trauma porn but something you grew up at least what I like I remember watching films and being like why is this in the film but also it's funny because Sarah Kane is like one of your major influences <laughs> and she's the queen of drama uh, trauma porn it like, just comes from such an authentic human place I th- I think that's where it goes back to making art for yourself mm-hmm. it's like when Sarah Kane writes these plays that are triggering and visceral and disgusting you know she isn't doing it because she gets off on it. She's doing it because she felt it and she's lived it. And and this is her reality. And as someone who has felt many of the ways she has felt, it feels comforting to be like, I'm not alone in this fucked up brain that I have. Mm. But yeah, it, she, does, she, she does have trauma porn. But again, I think context. I think 100% context the fact that she was like a mentally ill woman who was really young as well who was just trying to get like go day by day without trying to kill herself yeah and she was constantly being heralded in the press like as a genius and like so many people in the theater community loved her but then she also was absolutely blacklisted and but yeah i feel like when I get so stuck in being like, how am I going to be perceived in the modern context? I'm going to be ripped apart, but like all these different ways that I can, whatever. My favorite thing to do is like, take zoom so far out and also like find, I think this is so important, like find artistic influences that predate like the last century or like have lived, you know, in a time that's not too far removed from our own and be like, this person got shit on all the time or like this person was received this way or that way. And I hold them in such high regard because that was their artistry. That was, they were the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's like, it's to me such a romantic aspect about being an artist is to have it as your unending like identity. It's something that no one can take away from you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, And so many things about you can change, but like that is something that, is just can't be stripped from you yeah and uh that also enables you to make what you want to make you have like a a responsibility to make all of the things even if they may be upsetting and i think like we make art that's so personal and so what we want to see and what we've always like dreamt of seeing that 
you know, how I feel about Sarah Kane. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people, especially in our little bubble, who I bring her up and they're like, oh, like they're turned off by her. Yeah, like, why would you want to go see that? Um, and I go to bat for her. And then I think about the art we make and I'll go to bat for our art. And I think that's what's different is like, I believe in it. Yeah. I care about it. There's something here. And you don't have to like it, but it's made for a reason. Yeah. And it's important. And, you know, do I have to put a trigger warning on my life? If so, can I stay in bed all day? <laughs> I don't want to go to work. My whole life's triggering. You know, I see a man, a man yells at me, and I want to cry for eight hours, but I can't. I can't. And that's the podcast. This podcast needs a trigger warning. No, I'm just saying. That's the, this is the podcast, too. Everything you just said was like, I believe in it. Whatever it is, you can have your own opinions on it. You can tell us that, like, it should be X, Y, and Z things. But at the end of the day, it's not. It's ours. We should be less funny. We should be less slutty. We should be more intelligent. We should do research. We should suck a cock. Suck a cock. Because at the end of the day, Carly, who's in charge of this podcast? Mm, that would be me and you, Katie. Oh, yeah, it's our podcast. It is ours. It is our podcast. And no offense, it's the future. And I'll go to bat for that. Isn't Tea. that crazy? T. Get you on board. Every time I tell a man about this podcast and I'm like, yeah, it's just like us like talking about our lives every day, blah, 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 blah. I feel like they're always like, but why? And I'm like, can you be vulnerable right now with me? Can you be vulnerable, authentic with me? And they're like, um, uh, I... I don't want to date you anymore because I'm scared of everything. They run away and I go, yeah, yeah exactly. that's the future king. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we are the fucking future. I can't. Oh, my God. If I... if humanity is going to get any, <laughs> me being like, we are the conscious. <laughs> I know. I feel like we're like, we're like, man. <laughs> no, but straight up, though, like, if we, we need to be putting ourselves in these uncomfortable places, even if it makes our families uncomfortable, even if it makes... I'm going to be speaking at graduation. <laughs> oh, my God. Carly's going to be at graduation, and I'm going to be like, <laughs> as you're talking. Barking. You better make some noise for my speech, but, like, part of this is mentioned in it, where I'm just like, everything is fucked up. Nothing matters. You just have to make... And you have to you have to follow the impulse to yeah. throw yourself into uh, harm's way you know, with your art. I'm going to be crying while you're speaking and you know I'm going to be the first one when you're done speaking I'm going to stand up. I'm going to start standing ovation. I'm going I'm even if no one stands with me, I I mean people will, but like you know I'll be <laughs> you know I'll be there bitch. 100%. All right, let's wrap this shit up. Let's, let's wrap it up. Let's post it online. And let's wait for the reviews to <laughs> Let's wait for all the hate comments to be like um well, spicy. Um, we support it. Yeah, we came in here talking about social media, and we've kind of gone all over the place, but it's perfect. It's everything we wanted to hit. But that's the thing, right? Social media is everything. True. Everything. Everywhere. All, all at the once. Time. Everything. Everywhere. All, all at once. once. Yes. Great.